Hey, Michaela, come record the Drift Ad. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for their latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 100 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Driftoutfitters.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is Wednesday, April 7th, and uh, we're recording again. Uh, my name is Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hello. We've got Yilm. Hello. And we're very excited <laughs> to be recording today. And those, Yilm, your hellos are getting really good. Nice and sweet. Yeah, sultry. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, really excited today to be talking with Chase White. Chase is a commercial and editorial outdoor photographer based in Squamish, British Columbia. His work has been featured in publications, films, and with brands around the world. He is, of course, an avid fly angler. And when he isn't working, you can find him drifting his home river with his wife, Lindsay, and his pup, Ted. Great name for a dog. I love that. Uh, Chase's film Leap Year was recently featured in the 2021 Fly Fishing Film Tour, um, and actually we had the chance uh, to talk to Chase during our Filmmaker Interview Bonus Podcast, which you can check out, all four and a half hours of it. Uh, but we wanted to talk more in depth with uh, Chase about his fly fishing life and his life as an outdoor photographer, um, and a little bit more about the film Leap Year. Chase, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming. Hey, Super excited. Yeah, Thanks. man, I'm happy to be here. I feel... Uh... Feel honestly pretty honored here. Your uh, your roster of previous guests is uh, a little bit stacked. <laughs> yeah, we've had some pretty pretty awesome people on the show. We've <laughs> been really lucky guests, that yeah. they're just like, sure, I'll come on your stupid podcast. We're like, really? <laughs> it's kind of unreal. It's kind of three, unreal. Three guys yeah. from Toronto. It's like, sure, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it yeah. means you guys are doing something right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming that. on. Where where Appreciate are you calling it. in from today? Uh, I'm at my house in Squamish, BC. How's the nice. weather over there? It's rainy, which is absolutely incredible because it's uh, it's steelhead season over here, and so you know that means uh, rain means fresh fish, which is you know very welcomed by all over here on the coast. Oh man, yeah, I can I can imagine. So, are you fishing right now, or is it it's kind of just that moment before the calm before the storm? No, we're we're definitely fishing right now. Um, yeah. In fact, it's kind of like safe to say that there's too many people fishing right now okay, um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah it's kind of like it's kind of a weird fishery right like you have um you know when it's the season you know here in squamish we get all of vancouver out here yeah so right. anyone who steelheads in vancouver they pretty much just steelhead in squamish so it's right. you know there's there's lower mainland kind of the you know the better and stuff which is mixed feelings on that fishery it's a big time hatchery fishery and you know mm. um a lot of people out here have mixed feelings on it as well but um just because it's a it's a very strong kind of like for fly anglers which you know i feel like we're in a safe fly haven here yes, in this of course podcast. yeah of course um, <laughs> say so. it's a very gear heavy fishery down there and so squamish is um squamish is like one of our few totally catch and release only fisheries so 
Um, lots of fly anglers come out here, try to do it, you know, the right way, the hard way, whatever you call it. Um, and, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's, there's, um, I think we have kind of like five different rivers, but two main ones and, um, give you a bit of a sample of everything, but you know, there's, there's definitely a, a winter steelhead run here that kind of starts around, uh, January ish. Um, but it, it'll run through the, the freshet come sort of mid late May. And what's the fishing like in January? Is it like cold and shitty or is it kind of like, you know, not bad? Yeah, it's cold and shitty for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always see pictures more, and I'm like so jealous of it. You know? it, it, it it's, you know, really early on out here. Um, yeah. and like, you know, I'm sure people will. I'll probably get honestly like hate letters about even just talking about it, but, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it's, you're kind of, it's a lot of needle in a haystack that early on in any kind of winter steelhead run, right? Like right. I feel like most winter steelhead kind of really, really stack up kind of, you know, mm -hmm. like three weeks before any big, big blowout. Right. And ours is mostly glacial fed river. So um, that kind of problem solves itself when the rivers blow out. It's just right. nuked. Nothing can fish, so that kind of ends it. But uh, leading up kind of March, it'll start fishing pretty decent. So we're definitely into it in April, and it's good times for sure. Okay, right on. Um, so Squamish, quick question, because we got a buddy in Squamish. He just moved there. Like I know we asked you last time, but I can't remember we said, do you know Joel, Joel uh, Clifton? Any chance he's a photographer out there? I know he's doing a lot of mountain biking right now. I haven't you seen guys, you guys, <laughs> you remind you remind me of him. Your temperament are very similar, so I could see you guys being friends. I think you guys would be buddies. Yeah, yeah. yeah we gotta make that connection. You guys, <laughs> yeah, you're holding out. It's one of those things, like, oh, you're from Canada. Like, do you know this guy? It's like, no, I don't fucking yeah, know that guy. Yeah, the funny thing is, I'm actually not from. I'm actually not from Canada. I'm actually um, mm. originally Texan. Oh, okay. Amazing. Where mm -hmm. in Texas? Uh, my family, I was born in San Antonio, but lived okay. in, in Austin for the majority of my adult nice. life. Nice. Mm -hmm. What brought um, you up here? What brought you up to yeah. DC? Man, my, I, I followed love and nice. not, not, and I'm not talking about fishing. Um, <laughs> Please tell me what that, what is, that is like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, Lon lonely. I'm lonely. The, the lonely Yelma <laughs> podcast is turning into <laughs> I was chasing tail, man. No, um, uh, my I met my wife. Uh, she was um, visiting a, for a conference down in Austin, Texas, for work called South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, yeah. super long story short, we were sat at a at, a, at an invite dinner hosted by Lululemon. Um, we were sat across from each other, and as the dinner started. They, um, right as we're about to do intros, they say, they're like, Hey, so now this is going to be a, a meditation dinner. Whoa. And so you're going to, you're That means you're going to eat in silence. Uh, with the, yeah. With Sounds so stressful. Dinners. No pun intended. Eh, Mitch? <laughs> Man, it was, a, yeah, it was a crazy experience for sure. But we, uh, were just basically googly eyed with each other across the table the whole time. And then. Then they like, uh, for dessert, they bring out like question cards and they're like, you know, there's these crazy big life questions on them that say like, you know, what's one lesson someone would learn from your life or who would play you in a movie about yourself and all this stuff. And so then right. that's like the first thing we ever talked about were these like crazy questions. Wow. Um, 
serious serious uh, icebreaker there. So then, okay, well then. Uh, wait, wait, that, were we that... done with the love? <laughs> you almost love podcasts. You so love. love. Yeah, yeah, so love. love. <laughs> All right. It's crazy, Only fly. Like, that's a cool, that's that's a cool way me. to meet. That's a cool way to meet, you know, your wife. Like, that's that's yeah. that's wild. Very yeah, good. No, silence. We, we, did, we, did, uh, we did long distance for like two years and, yeah. um, you know, lots of her spending time down in Texas and me mm-hmm. coming up here. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a really, really cool way to meet someone. We, we love it down there. My family's down there. So we get down there as much as we can, too. So it's a nice yeah. balance, you know, yeah. the north yeah. and then the south. Loaded mm-hmm. question. Do you like fishing in Texas or, or up here more, B.C.? Ah. <laughs> that, that's like a you know that's a, it's kind of impossible a, you don't have to you don't have to answer both no, it's, it's so different man like it's so different like you know what i'll say is that when i fish down there i definitely like don't get me wrong like i love fishing for salmon and steelhead like that's a hard thing to replicate sure. right yeah um but when you down there you know you're t- like our fishery down there is like you know port o'connor rockport like gulf coast saltwater and you're kind of sight fishing, sight feeding fish on the salt flats, right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's like you go from being like, I'm going to feed that fish right there and watch it eat, right? Like that's yeah. something that's like real kind of hunter fulfillment, weird kind of cathartic experience for any psycho angler. Mm-hmm. And then you come back here and you're like, well, yeah, these are steelhead. You're kind of back to blind casting. Yeah. Right. And Faith. Yeah, and it's like, man, it's really hard to go back to like a thousand casts blind yeah. casting, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of messes with you. Yeah, I get you. That's actually a really that. good point. I mean, that's going to prompt. I mean, this is prompting so many things, but we've both fished recently in the same place, which is Rockport, and with Blue Blue Lagoon Lodge and Joe, mm-hmm. and we fished it when Mitch and I went in 2019. It was November, and yeah, you're right. Like we were, went from having three stellar fishing days feeding redfish to come back to the Great Lake Steelhead um, kind of season, you know, or, or October, November, December. And uh, <laughs> that's a really interesting point. I, I didn't think about it that way. Just like to have that juxtaposition of like, yeah, you know, constant reward and then coming back to like, yeah, fish of a thousand casts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, oh, sorry. Yeah. Mitch. No, please. I was gonna my say, phone. So backing it up to when you started, did you start fly fishing in Texas then? Yeah, I did. I, I I mean, I fished when I was like, I've fished my whole life, like since I was like, I don't know, like six years old or something like that. But yeah, I picked up the fly rod originally when I lived in Texas and kind of cut my teeth on, you know, ditch pickles and redfish and all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that, man. Like all kinds of, you know, um, all kinds of like sort of the, a, a lot of weird fishing down there, but the, the Gulf Coast kind of stole my heart and really kind of lit the whole thing on fire. And that's where it all kind of took off for me. So how did you like get into fly fishing? Like what was the, like what, what made you pick up a rod? Yeah, I think it was like, I think originally it was, so my, my family has a place in Park City, Utah as well. And so there's kind of the, you know, the Heber, uh, the Weber Provo kind of those fisheries out there, which are like, you know, world-class kind of blue ribbon trout streams and just kind of like, I think it was like, you know, we were pretty young, but like, you know, did kind of a guided trip or two with some, some buddies and we're just like, holy shit, this is, um, this is unlike anything else. Right. And 
you know, just, just couldn't, just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then it's, you know, it goes from one thing to another and soon you're just like, well, how can I do this back at home? And then, you know, start, you know, chasing, (laughs) chasing it down there. And, you know, before you know it, you're like, man, I swear, no matter where I move, I'm bringing a fly rod and figuring out how I can target them on the fly. Yeah. 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 What, like, what was it about the fly that, you know, uh, appealed to you? What had you hooked, so to speak? It's, I think it's the same with me as it is for a lot of people where it's like, you know, I think with sort of where people and society and like technology is today, I think there's a general sort of resurgence to do things a traditional way and maybe not even traditional as much as it is like the hard way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I just... I've never, I've never made things easy on myself. And I think doing things like a bit of the, the hard, challenging, more analog way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I think it's, there's something about that where it's like, there's, it's a, it's a noble pursuit, right? Like I'm choosing to do something, a, a challenging, difficult analog way. And when you kind of overcome that, there's this um, sort of rewarding and fulfillment in it that, I don't think you could really find anywhere else. Um, but I think it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I, there was something in that, that, that always stood out to me. Like I like old cars. I like all kinds of stuff like that, where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. just doing things like a little bit more analog. There's something about that. That'll, that keeps me coming back. It's a great answer. I don't think we've yeah. ever heard that before when we've asked, you know, what was it about fly fishing? No one's ever said that, you know, it's kind of like the same, it's like carpentry or something, you know, where it's just got that, that vibe to it. I know, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but like redfish is a perfect example man like you feed that fish on a fly and you, dude you're never gonna do it any other way <laughs> oh it's so yeah. much fun <laughs> yeah it's so fun I, i've never caught a redfish on a you know like a spinning rig or anything so i don't know but i, I mean on the fly it's just insane it's just insane <laughs> you know so I, yeah i got you there um do you, do you remember like what your first fish on the fly rod ever was because i know you mentioned a few species but do you remember the very first fish you caught I mean, it would have to be some, probably some, some guided trout. I'm sure. Um, yeah. You know, some. Uh, I'm sure it was like some horribly mediocre trout. You know, probably like nine-inch brown yeah. trout. Yeah. That you know, it's like I was probably way too stoked on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all know that I feeling. Mean, I, <laughs> man, I'm gonna be so stoked for a nine-inch trout right now. Oh my god. Trout yeah. season's in like uh, 20 days, and I'm just going to yeah. freak as soon as I catch like a four-inch brook trout. And freak <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. But like, honestly, trout fishing is like, I was just talking to a buddy the other day, like, it's hard to, like, just like, whether you're like dry fly fishing or anything like yeah. that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's all relative, right? Like, you just kind of adjust your, adjust your expectations of your hunt. And like, a four-inch brook trout can be like, honestly, just as stoke-worthy as like, some yeah. crazy fish, right? Like it's totally. like, it's all relative. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 100%. Um, yo, Blue Lagoon Lodge. Like how dope is that place? Like, that place <laughs> is so sick. <laughs> that was Mitch and I's first time, first of all, in Texas. Yeah. For me. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, and for you too. And first okay. time reg fishing. And it was like, the way that came around was pretty interesting. We had a, 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 a guide buddy in Montana. Um, he's from Texas as well. And uh, he suggested we go down there because he's buddies with Joe. And then it came from it just came from like I don't know. I, I, I'm sure this has happened to you because you you shoot as well. You just 
kind of like meet these people through email and you're like, well, I hope they're cool. <laughs> and then we got down there and it was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, totally. Wait, hold on. So I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, favorite type of breakfast taco you had down there? <laughs> oh man. Good question. Good question. I don't know if I have a favorite. They're also, I mean, that's the shitty answer, but. Breakfast tacos right before you hit the skiff, like that's such a winning thing, you know. Like, it's the best. It was the best. To beat that. I think mine was the chur- like tr- I think it was like chorizo and scrambled eggs. Boom! Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think that was the move for me. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really liked that one. Mm-hmm. I'm a yes. bacon, egg, and cheese guy. That was bacon, good too. Egg, cheese or or like bean and cheese. Like when you grow up in Texas, yep. that's like that's like what you're fed as like a child. Is you're just fed endless <laughs> bean and cheese tacos. <laughs> <laughs> no, that taco. Uh, sounds like uh, heaven. That, um, that taco truck was was awesome. It was like it was the perfect way to start. Yeah, what was that one? I think it was it Jalisco. Yeah. Yes. Jalisco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. That so was good. Crazy. Yeah, Joe... you, would, like, you would never know about any of those places unless somebody showed you, right? Like, well, that's it's just, it. Like, that's it. It's like the more hole in the wall it is, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Joe amped it up so hard too. Like we were all drinking tequila the night before. He's like, "You're gonna love this place," and we're like, "Probably." And we did. We totally. Yeah, loved it. Probably. <laughs> no, but circling back to answer your question, Joe's great. Blue Lagoon is great. Like I've got a, I've got a ton of respect for somebody like Joe who you know, he he's gone through a lot to make uh, that yeah. place what it, what yeah. it is. Like you know, personally, professionally, kind of everything. You know, from sort of teaching himself to guide and all that kind of stuff, and like. I know there's people down there who are kind of understandably um, a little bit um, have sort of mixed feelings about the growth of the sport in the area. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Which I totally understand, right? Like, who wouldn't want yeah. to do that? It's just, you know, you could go yeah. spend a ton of money going to Belize or wherever, or, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Or you can go down there and it's like kind of just as good. Um, it's so good it's so yeah. fun like margaritas and tacos and you know sight feeding redfish from a flat skiff is like i don't know what's better to be honest with you <laughs> it was probably one of my favorite favorite trips like like all around trip i mean that's yeah, a, that's a really hard thing to say but i mean it was really like you know we, we we got lucky in terms of like you know a cold front moved moved in and then yeah. left you know the the very day we got there so the fish mm-hmm. just turned on and it was great. I was looking at your photos. Was I noticed that you know everything was so lush when you were down there? What time of year? Because when we were there, everything was like dry and red. Mars. <laughs> it looked I've like got, we were fishing I, on Mars. I mean, normally pre-COVID, I'm down there every two or three months. Oh, okay. Mm. So it's kind of like you know a lot. Like I don't know when what yeah. you know, but um, yeah, I haven't been down there in like since COVID hit. I was down there last. I was down there was like right when covid hit and i was oh, on like yeah. one of the last planes kind of out and i remember being like holy shit there's three people on my airplane like oh man yeah and i was yeah. It, like yeah the whole thing was just kind of strange but i haven't been down since and i haven't seen my family since and i haven't like my brother and i fish a ton down there together and yeah so much has happened since then, man. Like, it's just, it's like, I don't mean to make it a sad story, but it's fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is, no, it is crazy. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, just like personally, like my brother's had a kid. I have oh, a kid on the way. My brother's oh, wow. bought a new house. 
I've bought a house, all this stuff. And we're oh, super tight. like, we're like talk every day kind of people. And like, yeah. I haven't seen each other since any of that stuff has happened. And I'm sure that's like most people have those, their own kind of version of that. And it's just yep. kind of crazy. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of big crazy. stuff. To, that's a lot of big stuff to yeah. happen in a COVID year. Congratulations, that's... by the way. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. <laughs> Thanks, crazy. man. Yeah, my I think I've timed it perfectly. So right as sort of steelhead season ends, then I can go into baby daddy mode. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Side kind of tangent, though. Like, what's the vaccine like down there? Because I know the U.S. is, like, seemingly doing a pretty good job right now. Like, is, yeah. your, is, your, is your family all getting vaccinated? Yeah, they are. Um, mom and dad are all done. Brother is two years older than me. He's done. No, like, yeah, so... They're doing good, man. Nice. So hopefully soon you can head down there and go slay some more reds. They're, well, yeah, and they're just really, I mean, they're just really waiting for the border to open because they want to come visit up here. They want to meet yeah. the bay and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah. my brother still is looking for his first steelhead, so. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. That's going to be, that's something to look forward to. Jeez. He's going to, he'll kill me. I think he's like, I think he's gotten like four trips and still looking for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. That's steelhead, you know? This isn't no redfish, man, you know? Like, yeah. welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> oh, man, it's brutal. It's so brutal for so many people that do that. Yeah. It's like, man, looking for your first fish, especially if you're looking for a winter steelhead as your first fish, it's like, you know, not for the pain of heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, okay, switching gears a little bit here because you're a photographer and, uh, you know, we have all looked at your site and you've your photos are, like, wild man Insane. like you're a fucking good yeah. photographer uh your images are absolutely amazing um how did you get into photography like uh did did that come f before fly fishing or was it fly fishing first or you know what was that kind of journey yeah um uh photography well th thanks for the kind words I, I really do appreciate that um and uh i mean photography definitely came first um okay. photography was was like you know kind of like high school type of deal. Like, yep. you know, um, you're talking like ninth grade or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I studied fine art and photography in school and in college. And um, it's just always been, it's always been something, but I bounce around too in the creative fields too. Like I've done uh, a lot of, um, I've been like a creative director for a publicly traded software company and some other kind of, you know, more corporate gigs that I've taken along the, along the windy path. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Photography's always, always been a thing for sure. And, you know, it's just kind of like whatever I'm doing, it's always kind of married up well with it. Um, so, yeah. but fly fishing seems to be one where, I don't know. I guess I don't, man, it's, it's a crazy thing. Like it attracts a lot of people to it. Right. Like mm -hmm. it does seem to go hand in hand, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, these, these fish, they don't like to live in ugly places. And so yeah. photography mm -hmm. just kind of goes with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. True. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, photography wise, like you, you do a lot of outdoor stuff. I mean, primarily that's your focus. eh? Yeah. I'd say like half the work I do is fly fishing. Um, and then the other half is sort of, you know, I would say for the other 40% would be outdoors in general. And then 10% yeah. is kind of, you know, there's, you know, just other stuff, helping friends out or whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a funny thing too, right? Because like, you know, like while we're on the subject, like there's like, yeah. you know, fly fishing photography does bring, like it does attract a lot of people and, you know, mm. a lot, <laughs> awful lot of people 
think because they have a camera that they're a photographer or something and you know they like it's tough man I like I feel for everybody in that situation too like there's a lot of there's a lot of people who kind of want to want to jump into the the industry and it's like I, I I think it would behoove a lot of them to put in some dues a little bit more before they start you know charging clients and that kind of stuff yeah. but definitely yeah definitely. yeah yeah for sure yeah. yeah i know i hear you the saturation of you know kind of uh you know yeah, low par so low quality work i guess i mean we've all seen it with the emergence of things like fiverr you know <laughs> go on and, and, and don't get me yeah. wrong like i'm i'm all for people you know yeah, shooting sure. everything like go get it but like there i i see a lot of situations where like you know you're talking about like fishing guides or outfitters lodges that kind of thing who you know they're not necessarily like super marketing savvy right and so right. then like someone comes along and they're like yeah i'm a fly fishing photographer i'm a whatever we're a yeah. mm -hmm. we're a fly fishing agency and it's like wait no what <laughs> <laughs> like these poor unsuspecting people are like you know like trusting their business with them and stuff and yeah that kind of stuff i have to yeah. say like you know well while, while we're on the subject can be a little bit cringeworthy and yeah. you know a yeah. little bit of awareness around like you know let's just take some baby steps into it and kind of work our way yeah, up pay your dues. Kind of, yeah kind of a good yeah. for everybody reminder maybe right now maybe not perfect yeah perfect your craft perfect your product before you go around selling it right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. i think i think that's kind of uh happening it's one of those things you know it's kind of like a growing pain i think like with you know social and things like that and the advent of you know such accessible photography anyone can take a picture kind of thing and mm -hmm. You just have these things happening, but I think people are becoming more aware. And I think it's partly because there is a craft to it. And, you know, you see it when you look at photos, you know, like yours, they're amazing photos. What, what do you think it takes to become a, a great outdoor photographer? You know, what goes into that? Um, man, that's a, it's a good question. Um, I think you have to like, for like one, like there's a difference between like, like like you you should be a good creative to start like you know it's like there's like um you you should study like creative pursuits in general and not just be like i want to be a fly fishing photographer right. like like it, it's like <laughs> you should be able to work kind of anywhere right not just like mm -hmm. where you want to be like oh i want to be on a river all day so i'm going to be a fly fishing photographer like well, your creative is going to suck probably like the reality yeah. is just like, you know, it's like, but whereas like, I feel like if people were to study, um, sort of, you know, uh, creative integrity and like the, like the creative principles of like, what makes for really beautiful images, like what makes for, um, images that, you know, inspire emotion from people, what are like the nuances and details, like how, how can texture be used impactfully in an image, things that that really have nothing to do with fly fishing, um, I think could benefit a lot of, mm -hmm. um, a lot of photographers who aspire to kind of, you know, pair up, um, uh, uh, sort of, um, creative vessel like photography with an outdoor pursuit that they love like fly fishing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just taking a step back and isolating the creative pursuit, um, away from kind of the, like, you know, where you want to be when you do it, could be a huge benefit to everybody yeah 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 no it, like that's a great that's a great way to look at things i think that uh it's funny portlandia you know the show portlandia they had a sketch which was like someone dressed up in like you know 
they, they would change their outfit every day and it was a different kind of like, it was like punk one day and the next day it was like folky. And it's like, oh, because they're dressed that way, you assume they have a knowledge of, you know, how punk music began. And they're like, what the fuck's, what is GBH? I don't know what that is, you know? Like, I like Taylor Swift and it's like, it was this whole dialogue on this, just like this, you know, people just don't have an appreciation for kind of how things progress. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good point. Like there is something to be said about understanding where things come from and perfecting your craft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. totally. And I think a lot of people like, they they throw a camera in their you know in their bag when they go fishing and they're like yeah i'm a fly fishing photographer right. i do fly fishing photography work or whatever and it's like somebody once i heard told me the like the the best and the worst piece of advice possible that i will happily sort of share with all the listeners here is like <laughs> <laughs> is either fish or shoot don't fish and shoot like it, it, it's just a quick way to just produce endless mediocrity in your images. Like, right. I think it's really beneficial when you go, okay, like I want to make some, some beautiful images. I want to tell a story here. Mm -hmm. Don't fish. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. just sit there and shoot and hang out with people who are fishing. And I, I guarantee you, you'll see your images become a, a lot stronger. Yeah. Definitely. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But it yeah. sucks because you're like, man, I could totally be fishing right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> yeah. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, that's why we hire photographers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can't tell you how much time I spend just sitting there hanging out with people while they're fishing. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, but do you enjoy it? I mean, stupid question probably, but. No, I mean, yes. Yes and no. Like not always and you know because like you know especially dude like if you're talking about like shooting steelhead <laughs> you're just sitting on the back of a jet boat or rowing or whatever doing that like you're not fishing and you may not even see a fish all day probably won't right mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like sitting there just waiting and that it's just it's a bit monotonous right it's not yeah. like you know, it, it's not what people all think it's chalked up to be if you're going to do it what in what I would consider to be, you know, the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I think it's a really good point. You know, focus if you want to if you want to be a photographer, focus on being a photographer. Right. And put the yeah. put the time and energy in. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, you know, if you want to be a guide, like you ain't going to yeah. be catching very many fish. It's a good <laughs> point. Exactly. It's a good yeah. point. Never seen my guide fish before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really in fact, the best guides I ever have are like, I haven't touched a rod in 50 I had, years. Like, I had, what the fuck? Yeah, I had to, for, I would, I had to force Eric Lund to, to fish because he was guiding me for pike. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, you do it. And I was like, oh, God. And then he yeah, caught was, a bigger pike yeah. than I did. It was. <laughs> yeah, it is funny sometimes yeah. on these trips. You know, mm -hmm. just like, we don't really, you know, like we're just hanging out. We don't really need, you know want you yeah. to guide you just hang out and fish with mm -hmm. us and they're like no <laughs> and you're like okay yeah, yeah. it's what they do yeah. man it's what they that's do what they, they do. perfected they do. their craft yeah. yeah yeah that's a really um, good point though i mean yeah it's yeah. just something we've had to work out too you yeah know? but it's also like the other part of that is too is like you know for anybody who's like a would-be sort of fly fishing photographer mm -hmm. when you're out and you know like and you want to fish like scratch that itch man like just put the camera away and just you know, you don't have to take a picture of every fish you catch, all that kind of like, just like, yeah. you you know, it's, it's way more cathartic to like actually connect with a fish where you catch it and like, you know, or you're with a buddy and you just kind of like yeah. have that experience together. And, you know, 
enjoy that that moment of that thing and just let it go and let it be what it is right it doesn't have to be like everything is don't have to capture it totally doesn't have to be that way that's why that's what i get a kick out of what we do just as a side thing you know like uh the podcast kind of allows us to like you don't have to take a picture of it we'll just talk about it later and it's kind of like another way to capture it right as a memory mm-hmm. yeah without that's sounding cheesy super you know? cool or tell yeah. the, tell that story you know yeah no yeah. doubt like that's actually really cool like if more people were like you know would like write about the fish they caught or something like yeah. that right like yeah yeah totally yeah don't worry about the gram you know um yeah. <laughs> but you know as a photographer like what what inspires you you know like what gets you excited um, I mean, I would be remiss to say like, like not other, other photographers for sure. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love inspiration. Like I find that like whenever I'm in a sort of creative rut, like, you know, getting inspired by, you know, other people that I think are producing, you know, really nice work is like a, a really mm-hmm. good way to jumpstart my engine. Um, but, um, but I also like, I don't know, I like um, my, my personal approach sort of is to, um, I like to really get kind of like intimately close with whatever I'm shooting, like really like uncomfortably close where it's like, you know, maybe even closer than the human eye can actually see and like really get the details where you're kind of like up in sort of the the scales of those fish or like, you know, the, the nuances and details of like... Um, uh, you know, like a wild fish is like eye or something crazy where you're like, you know, or even like, um, I don't know, like somebody's like emotional reaction to something. Like I think things like that where you're really kind of digging in and getting close to something that um, like if we were there with each other fishing, it would be really awkward for me to get that close to you. Right. Whereas like yeah. then you can kind of replicate that in an image that's a bit, you know, powerful that somebody else can kind of, you know, connect with, I find, I find that to be really inspiring where you can sort of replicate those, like those emotions and those details and things that, mm-hmm. you know, your human eye normally just kind of glances over when you're on a river or when you're out, whatever, like, you know, I was just at a shoot for, um, uh, for a magazine on falconry. And it was like really cool to get super close to that hawk towards like <laughs> getting your face that close to like a bird of prey is like a horrible idea, right? <laughs> no, seriously, like you if you're in the presence of like a gnarly it's dangerous. Hawk, it's damn near yeah. dangerous. Yeah. It's probably safe. Could, just, like, could just pluck your eye out in two seconds. Yeah. But I think if you can like, you know, it's really cool to get that close to the bird to where, you know, taking really um, you know, really nuanced portraits of the bird, for example, um, or like, you know, following the bird while it's, you know, just you know, killed a fresh rabbit and you're like right up next to it, kind of whispering, like, I don't want the rabbit, please just let me live. Like, and, uh, you know, like, I like, I like replicating that kind of like uncomfortable intimacy through the images to where somebody can, you know, look at those and, Mm -hmm. you know, have permission to be that close. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think that's that's amazing. And I think there's like, um, kind of an awkwardness to catching fish that people don't talk about often, you know, like <laughs> you see the grip and grin photos and it's like, Oh, these guys are pros or like these photos where they're releasing it and it just looks so polished. But the moment before that was, I mean, in my experience, every fish I've caught has been kind of panicky, you know, and you're like, how is this thing hooked? Is it going to come off? And there's this weird kind of <laughs> moment. And, uh, there's a photo on your site of, uh, 
I think it's a Pacific Coast fish. Oh, it's the just top been shot? speared, oh, and you're, spe- yeah, it's yeah. been speared, yeah. and you're, and the the divers in the water, and the fish right. is on a spear, and and everything's kind of chaotic, and there's a bit of kind of awkwardness to it. Yeah. Um, do you know the photo I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's just such a cool photo, and I was, I, I got, I get that sense of kind of chaos and energy from it. And I think, uh, um, I think that you're right about that. You know, like capture that kind of uh, emotion behind catching the fish, and not just like the this beautifully composed. Yeah, it's not graphic image, design. You know? There's a story that's yeah. going on, right? You know, in this in this one photo, which is hard to capture. I mean, that's what people are seeing. You got the, you know, you go to school. Oh yeah, guys, rule of thirds. You know, make sure it's here and here. But like. Yeah. You know, there's more. There is way more to it. I mean, the fundamentals is one thing, but then like, telling that story is a, is another thing. You know. Yeah, Chaos. it's like either give, either give somebody like a unique pers- like provide something, right? Like either give somebody a unique perspective <laughs> that they wouldn't normally have, or take them someplace that they can't go, or something like that. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I think there's. Um, far too many servers in this world filled up with images of people just shooting something at high <laughs> level, right? Just yeah. Like, yeah. There, it's like, well, you know, that's what I would have seen if I were just standing right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally. true. You Very know, true. but I think it's like, and my, my goal is in saying that is, is not to shit on anyone else. I promise oh, you. Yeah. My goal is to hopefully provide somebody a little bit of um, inspiration that may shake up how they look at their own photography. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's an interesting point. You know, I mean, like we've 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 probably got somebody listening right now who's maybe an amateur photographer trying to get into it, and they've been inspired by fly fishing photos, and they're like, I, I kind of want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your advice to them? Oh, um, it it depends. Like, you know, are you if you're trying to become a commercial photographer where you're making money doing that, um, it's very different than if you're trying to become um, a, sort of just a you know, personal, private kind of doing your own thing, creating artwork or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, um, I know it's a difficult question to answer. There's not one sentence. No, <laughs> Go yeah. do this. <laughs> what, what advice would I give them? Um, is, uh, I would say, you know, take time to go fish with people or go shoot with people fishing where you're not fishing, like really yeah. go hang out. And it'll force you to sort of cure almost your boredom with exercising your creative muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, Like go just tag along and not fish and you'll be there for every moment. You'll sort of stretch yourself and you'll, um, I think it's, I think it's a really good exercise whether, but that said, if you're shooting commercially, um, then no brainer. That's the approach that I recommend. Yeah. 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 And be prepared to eat a lot of beans, right? And shooting commercial photography, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rice. <laughs> oh man! But uh, okay, one last photography question for me, and then and then we'll move on. But do you have like a, where where we love asking favorite and best questions? You know, what's your favorite fish? Uh, <laughs> so I want to ask: Do you have a favorite? <laughs> it's just one of those kind of shortcut questions, you know, where it's like, you know, we can we can probably hear something interesting, but sometimes people are like. I don't like Tom Rosenbauer. Like, what's your favorite fish? He's like, I'm don't not answering that, that question. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, Tom. He was like, no, he's he, like he was just, he was like, ask me, I, he's like, ask, ask me what your least favorite fish is. And we're like, okay. Yeah. We're like, all right, what's your least favorite? Okay, a white fish. All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, but do you have a favorite photography project that you've, you've worked on? Like something that you just look back on and think, oh man, like that was, that was either just like a, a moment where I really grew or I, something I think about all the time. 
Um, anything I like, I, I've got, you know, like, uh, a, a sort of client family up in Smithers, BC, um, yeah. and, uh, the sort of frontier Epic Waters family up there. Um, that's, that's just such a special fishery up there. It's, uh, the, just this, the, the steelhead up there are, are great, but the people at, in that operation are even better. Um, and so I would have to say like the work that I, and I kind of, you know, I'm up there a few times a year, whether it's, you know, shooting in Kitimat or, you know, Terrace or Smithers, um, out on the Babine. Um, it's just so special. Anytime we're up there, like it, I, I just, it's hard to put into words, but like those people are, are like family to me. And so I feel, a, an incredible, um, with, with, uh, a few of my clients that I, I, I really do feel, um, a particularly high scent, like obligation to do right by them because I care about them personally. And so, you know, mm -hmm. while, while I get paid to work, um, I still, you know, I feel an, an increased sort of sense of duty to really represent them well, um, mm -hmm. all the way from, you know, the, the, the owners of the lodge to, you know, the, the, the guides who work incredibly hard all the way to the clients who, you know, they too consider, you know, those, those people who work their family. So my, my favorite is definitely sort of the yearly fall pilgrimage, um, up North, like, you know, same place where we shot leap year. So. Um, it's a really, it's always a, it's always a cool experience getting back together with them. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back to talk about leap year. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination fly fishermen with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tight-line stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Love to talk more about Leap Year. You know, I mean, uh, it's it's it was an awesome film. Uh, it was in the 2021, uh, this year's Fly Fishing Film Tour. Um, that project, I know we talked a little bit about it when we first chatted. Um, what's the, what was, what's kind of the background behind how that, that project came about? You know, you, you mentioned it was between you and some buddies. Yeah, so um, I, you know, every year I kind of work with them to figure out, you know, what what's the right approach here and you know when I think it's probably the same for a lot of photographers that you know when you have anything that's tourism based and then you throw a stick in the spokes with something like COVID um it's a it's a tough situation um and of course everyone's trying to make the best out of it but you know we saw that as you know, and including, you know, some of the people who are in the film, right, they saw that as an opportunity of like, well, this is, um, this is a unique circumstance that's not necessarily all, um, all pretty, right? Like, there's a yeah. really horrible side to this, too. Um, a lot of people's livelihoods, right? Um, and, you know, well, well, I don't, I, I fundamentally agree, I heard recently, Bob Hooten say that nature doesn't owe you a job. And I fully agree with that, which is, I think, wonderfully said. Um, yeah. It doesn't change the fact that there is an impact 
you know, taking place. Um, and when you take the sort of all those, for example, those clients who, you know, they pay a lot of really good money to travel up there every year and be with those people um, at the lodge, which I think I, I could confidently say they care about spending time with them more than they care about actually fishing. Um, you know, you, you have, uh, you have a pretty big impact on people's lives. So we were just like, well, you know, if you look at the traditions that happen here, which are, you know, very deeply rooted, right? Like people travel there the same way steelhead travel there. Like it is a yearly trip back that they just kind of, they just follow their nose back there, man. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of tradition there and we were just kind of said, okay, well, what happens if, if the tradition is broken here? What, what is, what's actually on the line? Is it that big of a deal? Maybe it's not that big of a deal, but let's, Mm -hmm. let's dig into it and, and see what comes out of it. And that was sort of the, the premise for, um, how, how we wanted the, to make this film. And did you know the story you wanted to tell going in? No. Or was it sort of, it was kind of along the way? No, it was kind of along the way. Um, And, you know, I think, um, you know, I think in your head, um, when you're producing a film, you always, you know, you could sort of fall anywhere on the spectrum of how much clarity and storyboarding you've done beforehand. But um, I think if you, when, when you, dip your toes into a more documentary style filmmaking. Um, you can't have the film, the story already written like other, that's not yeah. real. How could you know what's going to happen in the documentary? True. Right? Like yep. you're kind of more there to report on what's happening. Um, and so for us, I think it was a little bit of a hybrid approach where we, we, we had some ideas of, of some, some sort of through lines that would be interesting for people and some things we wanted to highlight that we think are particularly important about fishing communities in general. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to leave room for the story to, to tell itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's I like I mean, that. I like that. If we, yeah, it's th- these are notes that we're, I'm taking for our next shoot for sure. <laughs> right. Because on. We can have an idea of what we're, what we're planning to, shoot and the story we're trying to tell but yeah it could change and we should be able to pivot if we need to to make the story stronger yeah Yeah. totally totally and like a perfect example of that is like you know in our film the the scene everybody talks about where stevie and chris are you know just farming all those fish back to back to back where you know they're they're farming more fish like farming meaning like fucking it up um they're uh they're, you know, they're, they're single-handedly sort of, um, you know, uh, long distance releasing more steelhead than most people would in their entire lifetime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe there's so many hooked, Mm -hmm. like everything you read about steelhead, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's a perfect opportunity of like, you know, one of those little things that comes up, like, did we plan that? Like, of course not. Like how could you possibly plan that? Like, that's just the stars aligning. Right. And, um, you know, that ended up being one of people's favorite scenes of the film, I guess. How many fish did you hook during the shoots? <laughs> not that did, many. Did you guys actually. count? No, no. It, it's not that many, really. No way. Um, yeah, it's it's dude, like it's tough. It, you know, if you're shooting steelhead, like you know, of course it's you know, of course it's 
right when you show up you know should have been here yesterday right like, right of course. Oh, totally yeah. isn't that just by the way just the worst thing like can we erase that from 15 <laughs> lexicon? like yeah. if any guide ever says that you should just smack them <laughs> honestly i think they're just i think they're just i think they're just saying it to put the onus on you man you like got, i think they're just oh, like too yeah bad yesterday was more. amazing yeah or oh, it's too bad you didn't have one more day because tomorrow what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah talking about like the biggest sort of like non sequitur say nothing something of all time totally 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 <laughs> so true eh? totally yeah. I love it. Um, but to answer your question, it wasn't, it, it's not that many, like, I think most of, I mean, most of the fish we hooked, you see in the film, like, right. you know, we're not, we're also not trying to fish um, for fish more than we need for the piece. Like, we're not out there just like, hey, let's get them all and then we'll pick the best. Like, that's not what this was. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a certain sensitivity on the resource too, where, you know, yep. we're not trying to exploit that any more than we have to, to get our message across, right? Like, um, they're, you know, they can be super fragile fish. And I think you gotta be understanding of that too. Mm -hmm. Um, how long was that shoot? Like how long did you, you know, I honestly, it, it was a big days. Um, it mm. was kind of like, you know, I mean, like it was like a bit blurry, right? Like <laughs> we were talking about like at weeks of, you know, up at 5am and, you know, right bed up. I don't know, like 11 at the earliest kind of deal. Like it's right. kind of, it's a lot of that, but it was at least two weeks of that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of, and it was kind of tough. Like I was like, you know, personally going up there, I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, we're going to work on this film. And then I was like, I'm going to leave like three days for me to fish personally, just for myself after the yeah. shoot wrapped. Yeah. And then, and then we, right when the shoot wraps and we get everything we need, there's, there's like a 25 year blowout on the river. Like it's oh. like a, they haven't seen levels this high in 25 years. What? Should have been there yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I, uh, yeah. And I was like, cool. So I'll see you guys next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's brutal. That sucks, man. Oh my God. <laughs> So, um, it is man you know it's the way she goes yeah, yeah. i mean that's stealing right it's kind of mm -hmm. what we love about it too in a way it's kind of like when it does go right it's like that much more like mm -hmm. you know memorable you know what i mean yep and then and when it does go perfectly right and everything lines up wonderfully and you've yeah. got that fish it's probably gonna pop mm -hmm. off oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally 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 like right right by your feet you know just, yeah oh perfect you know, yeah still counts you know <laughs> um there's a guide in the film and I, I can't remember the name of the guide but he says you know most of what you know about steel handing steel heading is bullshit mm -hmm. you know that yeah Steve Mora. Steve Mora, yes okay what what do you what does he mean by that you know what is what does he mean by most of what you know, forget what you know about steelhead. He says, he says, I think everything serious about steelhead fishing is bullshit. And mm -hmm. you know, Stevie is, um, he's, he's probably gonna be pissed. I'm even talking about him. Um, <laughs> Stevie, Stevie is a, Stevie's a, a top notch dude and he's done it all. He's seen it all. Um, and, um, he, uh, I mean, he's gotta be one of the most adored, steelhead guides in the world certainly up in northern british columbia and um mm -hmm. you know as somebody who i think when you 
when you accomplish um, a certain amount of things in any pursuit, but let's say fly fishing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of is like, Stevie's like, he doesn't want to fish anything really other than like a dry fly. He's kind of, you know, if you've done it, like how many fish do you need to catch in your lifetime, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, people like him who have really kind of, you know, gone to these like levels of sort of angling that, you know, most people don't, I think they, they get a certain perspective on things that, um, a lot of normals like us don't really get. Um, yeah. and, and I think one of the things that he's referring to there is like, you know, we kind of look at steelheading as this, like, you know, very romantic pursuit. It's very, very challenging. You're out in the river, you know, getting pissed on. You're kind of just like, you know, the one fish of the season you hook comes off. Like, you know, everything's hard and unlikely and all this kind of stuff. Whereas like, you know, Stevie's just like, man, I'm, I'm out there kind of, you know, either whether he's, when he's not guiding, he's out there kind of like, I like to look at it more as like, you know, having a couple beers with my buddies and if we get them, we get them. And if we don't, we don't, um, right. it's not this big life or death situation. And I think yeah. that's, what, that's what he means. Hey, I love, I love yeah, that. I, like I that. mean, I think that's totally true. That's definitely yeah. what steel like, pressure. And, and of course, right when you're like, yeah, I don't care about catching them. That's when you hammer them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's so true. You know, it really is. Yeah. No, yeah. it's funny. My, my brother and I have this like, uh, idea of like whether it's like fishing or turkey hunting or anything it's like you can want it too bad and if you yeah. want it too bad it's probably yeah. not going to happen yeah. for you but if you're just kind of like you know it's going to be what it's going to be enjoy the process and yeah surprise surprise that's when it all comes together like relationships <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ jesus christ oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you can put that as your like yeah like your tinder yeah. opener <laughs> i love it Loves a lot like a steelhead. Yeah. <laughs> dating. This has been in the dating podcast featuring Chase White. And my boy Yoma. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, that's a good point, though. It's something kind of we learned this year in our little Great Lakes steelhead season. We are like, we started to <laughs> put a priority on food. Yeah. <laughs> food, and be- food and beers Cheese when we were steelheading. Specifically. And, Hell yeah, that's and, and it turned out to be a much better season. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, right? Like, yeah. yeah like, honestly, like, you know, celebrate the process. And then, yeah, I was like, what you know. cheese are we bringing this time? Well, I've got a picture. I've oh, got a picture dude. on my phone from last, like, November, late November of me eating a bomba, like a donut, basically filled with custard. And I'm just like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture of myself so eating it. I don't know why. And I look at that picture sometimes. Dude. I'm like, that was a great day. And you know how many fish I caught that day? None. Three. I caught no oh. fish. <laughs> <laughs> did you just say I three three, three steel three. Oh <laughs> i caught no fish but i had a donut and i smoked a cigar as big as me and uh it was a great nice. day you know like <laughs> yeah. but i wasn't expecting that's why i like yeah I that's why i like uh i i really enjoy fishing with my wife is because mm-hmm. she makes sure that we kind of like celebrate the process a little bit more right. where we'll bring out like you know charcuterie and cider yeah. and all kinds of stuff yep. like that where it's like you know, and it's like the fish are just a bonus, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah I absolutely. A, yeah. I think it's a cool thing, man. Yeah, we, I think it's a cool thing. Yeah, you know, there's a guide here, our buddy Ian. He he, his wife makes some deadly chili, some oh, really yeah. really cool. great chili. Yeah, right. trips, oh, and yeah. uh, 
and uh, he's like that's yeah he's he really makes an emphasis of really enjoying the day and, and you learn you obviously learn a lot with him too but you also learn to just chill the yeah. fuck out you know like just yeah and it's just enjoy a, the it's day better, it's a better look right like yeah. you know if somebody's like life or death over catching a steelhead it's like i don't know it's kind of yeah. weird to be yeah. honest I, totally. I yeah perfect example is my first steelhead with in troop actually on the mainland um and that that's exactly what happened aldo and i just we literally put our hands behind our back our heads yeah there was there was a little i mean if i could be honest i, was <laughs> yeah, <stoned>. we're st- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if i <laughs> what was that called uh, this is what was like, the this one is... it was something haze yeah. <laughs> tangerine, no, tangerine dream tangerine dream yeah, tangerine dream and steelhead man this is my <laughs> hey for you americans it's legal up here all right jesus christ <laughs> that's what i was afraid i'm like can i even say this since my podcast i don't know what the fuck to say. um <laughs> yeah i was high and then i caught the steelhead so <laughs> <laughs> Man, that actually must have been pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I could actually yeah. handle that. Well, all, well, the you got it in. Was... You got it in. Yeah. You got it in like a pro, man. <laughs> well, Chase, great pictures Chase, of you point, like, like this, we... you know, with a cheeseburger in your yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. I... Well, Chase, to your point, we like we were we were starting to like get through that learning process where yeah, someone if if yeah. we're out if we're out and we're trying to grab, you know, um we're trying to grab footage or, or content, you know, we we definitely were like, Okay, you know, you're you've got you're on the camera for you know four hours or whatever and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll switch and so i was in the back of the boat yeah. on the camera and i almost <laughs> this is just such a calamity of errors he actually hooks the fish and i like falling out of the drift boat with the camera <laughs> yeah. like, i was like maybe we should have been this stone yeah. <laughs> so much fun though so much fun right but they're good memories yeah. right yeah exactly man. exactly <laughs> i love that yeah yeah um you know one okay a couple more questions on leap year one of them is in terms of gear, like how nimble were you all on the water? Were you guys clunky with all kinds of crazy stuff or was the nimbleness, yep. yeah, clunky, lots of stuff? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like, you know, we are, we had a crew of three. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we definitely had equipment out on some of these rivers that I think you could safely say have, have never sort of been out there before. Yeah. Um, you're talking about like, you know, reds and inspires and things like yep. that, that are, um, it's a lot. Right. And, kind of um, awesome. kind know. of awesome though, you know, to, to, the, to that point, yeah, you know, I mean, these rivers have never seen stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. And like, dude, you get out like, you know, like for example, like the Babine is just, that's the prettiest river in the world. Like it's unreal. Um, and you know, when you're looking down at like, you know, the screen of inspire flying through those kind of canyon walls and those through those trees. And it's just like, it's remarkable, man. But we generally roll with, um, with a media boat, um, which, you know, I, I recommend for most of our shoots where it's like, we have so much gear, man, where it's like our boat, but you also have to think about the logistics of, you know, technical jet boat driving. They handle and drive way differently when you have, extra hundreds of pounds of gear in them too. So it's like, you know, you added people and that kind of stuff. Like you got to be a little bit careful with that stuff too. Um, So yeah, we did have a lot of gear. um, That's for sure. But, you know, most of the people who know us when we shoot out there, they know we, we roll deep. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming prepared to get what you need. Right. And you know, I think it paid off because if if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the film yet, you got to watch it because uh, the quality, the footage is amazing and you feel you feel the like the tra- the color that you guys did on that and all the stuff you did on that it's just there's a textural it's just amazing to look at you just feel something when you watch that film so 
thank you for doing that because probably a pain in the ass a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thanks, Mitch. I, I appreciate that a ton, man. That's definitely um, something that our, our goal is to sort of transport people there because I think, yeah. you know, while, you know, you can kind of look at awareness of a resource like that as like, don't bring more people here. We totally. don't want, you know, any more people to know about it. Or you can look at it as, you know, well, you know, in a situation like this where you've got depleting resources, whether it's COVID based or whether it's, you know, resource based, um, like, you know, depleting fish counts and things like that. Mm -hmm. I personally think, you know, awareness is not a bad thing when you have um, issues like that happening. And, you know, if, if, you know, a lot of people say like, well, you know, more, more, uh, more license holders will create more money for blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I think more people caring about the the plight of the steelhead is is something that's gonna more stewards, right? Yeah, right. Like I think you know you got to talk about these things, and when you start a discussion around them, that's you know what what spawns action, agreed. and that's what's needed. Up. Agreed, one hundred percent agreed. Yeah. Are you in saying that? Are you are you are you hopeful for BC steelhead and and those guides in the movie? Ah man, I um. The the trends aren't good. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, hey, there. You know what? There's an there's just there's fact, right? I don't want to be all doom and gloom, um, but I'm I'm hopeful, um, and I think that um, I mean bold change is required. Let's be clear about that. Doing the same thing we're doing right now. Um, mm -hmm. I would be impressed if we had steelhead in five years. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I don't mean to like, I, oh, Hey, I, I mean, no, yeah. it needs to be said. I, mean, I don't know. Like people, <laughs> it's important. Anything, to say you, it. anything you talk on this, like I'm, I guarantee you, I'm going to have people reach out to me being like pretty upset, but I, I, you know, it, the reality is, is yeah. Like, like drastic changes is required. And what does that look like? That's where the debate starts. I yeah. think, you know, whether you fish gear or you fish a fly, um, I think most people can agree that, you know, the path we're on is the path we're on and that path needs to change. And I don't think, I don't think that it's just an angler problem. Um, it's definitely more than just an angler problem, right? There's like big things happening out in the ocean that impact these fish hugely. Um, but that's not to say as an angler, for example, that you can't mitigate your impact, yeah. right? Like I personally believe that anglers on the river fishing for migratory fish, like a steelhead, have a responsibility to mitigate their impact. Does that mean you shouldn't go fish for them? That's not what I'm saying at yeah. all. I'm saying that you should pick up your trash. Yeah. I'm saying you should be conscious of how many fish you're impacting. I'm saying that you should definitely make sure your barbs are pinched, your license is paid, um, your conservation stamps are all paid, that kind of thing. Like, yep. you know, I, I think it's like, I think it's a, a mitigation game. And um, I do personally believe that steelhead anglers have a responsibility to do that. Um, you yep. know, I personally um, adopt a one and done policy when I fish for steelhead, where if I get a steelhead that day, I hang up my rod for the day and I hang out with the homies and I fit or yep. I, I drink beer and eat and whatever I want to do. Like I, you know, root them on, help them out. I'll be your net man, whatever you need. Yep. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's me personally. Do I think everyone should do that or that should be put into regulation? 
that's not what I'm saying right. at all. Right. Um, but, but again, however you personally feel like, you know, you can mitigate your impact. I personally applaud right. you. Right. I said so great earlier, right. earlier on. Sorry, Mitch. I just wanted to clarify. No, you were saying in five please. years, the, the population of steelhead could increase. That's what you're saying. If we decrease. decrease. Okay. So we need to cut that out. Cause I said great on a question that I I probably answered. In- oh, that's okay. Yeah, my <laughs> oh my we God. all make mistakes, my friend. Okay. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I would say there'll that- be no steelhead in five years. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly oh, what no. I said. <laughs> Yo, my maniac. Sorry, but I think I think you're right. You know, I think you're right, Chase. Like everybody needs to understand that they have to do something, even just the bare minimum, right? In in conservation and trying to protect these resources, and then from there, understand our impact and just be more conscientious of our footprint, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And like, I think you know, a great way to do that is um, to you know like try to try to make your approach the the hard way yeah. right like i like you know like I, I i like fishing for these fish on a fly because it's hard yeah. um you know like if i could just walk out into the run and you know pin a fish i get it and i head right home like i don't know it just doesn't personally it doesn't do it for me whereas like if i have to work my butt off and you know and then when that moment does happen and it really lights me up i just think that's way cooler to begin with but i think you know, our, our method of how we target these fish, um, also goes into, you know, those efforts to mitigate your impact because it benefits you. It benefits everybody. If these fish are around for longer, right? Like they're actually a huge linchpin in the, in, in the whole environment. So I think that's lost on people where they just think, you know, um, I just want to get them. And it's like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. I want to get them too. We all want to get them. But like, do you want your kids to get yeah. them? Do you want your grandchildren to get them? Yeah. Do you want like, you know, like yeah. there's, there's so many other things that, that, that play into the scenario. Yep. And um, don't be selfish. I think a little bit of mitigation can go a long way. Yeah. And like, you look at the, the reg changes down in, in Washington that are like about, you know, no boat fishing and that kind of stuff. And you start to really get into the like, wow, well, you know, now ideas are kind of getting put into action where, you know, a lot of people don't want them to. And then a lot of other people do want them to. And it starts to really um, sort of um, rub that conversation into reality. So yeah, right. um, it's an interesting time where, you know, um, yeah, I think it's safe to say we can all agree that um, some bold action does need to be taken and there are going to be upset parties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, for sure. Right. And I mean, coming from an East Coast perspective, mm-hmm. um, if you look at the rivers on the Gas Bay, you know, they've had a two and done policy for years now. Which is super interesting, yeah. right? Like, I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested to hear from 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 you guys on like, you know, what was the reaction like um, when that was put in place? And like, what's your what's what are your thoughts on that? Like, because I know the fishery out there is managed way differently than it is here. Well, certainly, I mean, it, no, I've been I've I've been lucky enough to go to the gas bay once, um, and I've definitely um, from working in fly shops, outfitted people going um, to the gas bay peninsula. Um, so I'm most familiar with uh, Quebec regulations. Um, I know in you know the, some of the other maritime provinces is a, is a little bit different. Some are even more strict. Um, but let's just from the gas bay perspective, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine people were happy with that. <laughs> but I, I also can't imagine people are happy with, you know, the declining salmon stocks in general. So mm-hmm. um, um, the rivers are managed 
extraordinarily well. Like I was on the Bonaventure and, and, um, and I think there's 12 officers for that, for that river alone. Wow. There's an, there's an off, there's a, there's, so Quebec's split up into where we have like wilderness management zones or fisheries management zones in Ontario. Uh, they have something called ZEX. I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce it, but ZEC is the, uh, it's like their, their little zone, their ecological mm-hmm. like control zones. Mm-hmm. Um, and each river for the most part has its own ZEC office. So that's where you go and get your licenses and they'll actually, it's not just, it's also a resource. Like you can go in the office, they'll tell you the flow rates, they'll tell you fish counts, they'll even tell you what flies are working, which is kind no of, way. Um, you know, um, and uh, and every pool is, you know, it's, it's not a secret where to go. Every pool is marked with access points and you can only fish at these spots. So yes, there's a lot of he- heavy regulation, but I, you know, is it fixing the problem? I don't know, but it certainly yeah, isn't sure. hurting, you know. Is it is it is it a fix all? No, but it, it definitely you know it, it can't possibly hurt to do a two and done. And honestly, if you catch two Atlantic salmon in one day, that's pretty yeah, cool. It's pretty cool. I don't know how often that happens. Yeah, like, I don't know totally. how often that happens swinging flies. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and it's it's interesting, right? Because like you know that's a situation where um, like nobody like you may think that that is necessary to bring the resource back but nobody wants to be there right like nobody wants there to be um a catch and release you know limit right like nobody but it's like how can we avoid getting there to begin with Mm. right Mm -hmm. like how can we avoid getting to places where we have to do these things that people aren't going to be happy about right like i'm like you said like people weren't happy about it too and done being instated i'm sure um, but I think it's like, man, like we can be doing things right now with the fisheries that aren't there right now before it gets there. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I guess the you're hope. right. And, and actually just to kind of fin- like finish this kind of conservation thing, it reminds me of a quote, if I can, if I can, <laughs> and the quote, and you, and you can, and it's reminding me of this quote. And I love this quote because it's uh, a society grows great when old and it says men, but I'll say people plant trees in which whose shade they know they shall never sit. And I think that's such a good way to look at this, right? You know, help the thing, not because it's, there's something in it for you, but because you know this is a good thing to bolster and protect, and that's the reason to do it. Say it again. That's say all. it again. Yeah. Say it again. Did you yeah. not hear me, Yelma? I did, but then you said people. Just say it fluidly, <laughs> with, but but don't say, yeah, just say people instead of men, because I think you, yeah. This is for my brain. You're trying to get me to edit right now. No, it's for my brain. Literally, it's a selfish moment of mine. Yeah, my, what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy and paste this. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we got five more questions, Chase. They're called Mitchie's Fishies 5. We ask everybody on the podcast these questions. I mean, you kind of answered them once. You've kind of answered them yeah. a little bit. They're they're just kind of more you general did. fishing questions. Let's do it. I'm, I'm starting. Let's get okay. it, boys. Okay, so the first one is, what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Steelhead is too obvious. I'm going to say redfish. Nice. Ooh. Right on. I love it. Redfish are the best, man. I, I totally get it. They're so cool. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe how much, how, how great it was. Like, it was exactly how I thought it was going to be, you know? It blew all of those mind, man. It split it yeah. in half. Like, yeah. the guy hasn't stopped talking it about really, it. I, I it's t- really. It's crazy, too, because, like, you know, like, imagine if a steelhead were to ever, like, tail. Like, if, if it were oh. ever just to be like, 
nose down digging the tail is up kicking around right and you're like oh my god totally. look at mm-hmm. that like i'm about to totally hook this thing like, <laughs> like, like, yeah 100%. it's really that's a that's a moment where it's like and you can't it's unlike a lot of fish where you um have like a momentary foresight of like this is about to go down get your shit together don't fuck this totally. up <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah. that pressure's on you got somebody pulling you onto it probably totally. you got a buddy who's like don't fuck this yeah, up yeah <laughs> dude you're like please don't fuck this up yeah. like you know and it's like it's a bit of a team fish i think that's super cool and um you know when you see a tailing red kind of digging around like nosing up in you know some crabs or some some grass or something and you throw a fly you know two inches or two feet in front of it and two feet past it and you just give it that strip, strip, tick, 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 tick. And you see him kick that huge wake mm, onto it. Yeah. And you feel that line go tight, man. The like, who needs drugs? When you have that? Oh, totally, the gills man. flare. Totally it's true. like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, totally true. Totally true. 100% agree. Taco time. Yeah, taco time indeed. Um, <laughs> number two is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, you know, assuming it's the best time of year to go there, where would you go and why would you go there? Oh, man. Um, assuming it's the best time in and the COVID world. And COVID doesn't exist. And COVID <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> wow. Um, ooh. It's a tricky one, that's man. That's so tough, man. That's super tough. I've had a lot of fishing trips this year that I thought I would really like and I hated. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like tuna fishing right. and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for a different, different type of angle, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go like 70 70 80 mi- nautical yeah. miles offshore for like the most expensive skunking <laughs> of your life yeah yeah that's brutal <laughs> that's the opposite so but on the on the other side of it man like you know like candidly i would say i would be like you know down texas red fishing with my brother but i um i would say other than that like you know skating dry flies up in you know the bulkley canyon um you know somewhere up north is great i don't know like um i don't know if you guys have ever tarpon fish but no but definitely want to yeah like kind of everglades tarpon fishing is unreal um jumping a tarpon is you know that'll ruin you i bet um you know i don't know that's that's three i can't i can't pick i love it i love those are all great it's great those are all great um, Aldo, do you remember number three? Because I got to run to the washer really bad. <laughs> Can you ask number three? What is, uh, yeah, for sure. What's your favorite fishing memory? If that's if you can even narrow it down. Um, or just a standout moment. I've had some. I've had a a, a couple um, a couple days on the Texas coast um, that have been pretty pretty wild um but man i don't know i i um had my um my bachelor party my stag um uh and on the henry's fork in idaho oh my god yeah and uh it was one where i i honestly didn't think a lot of people were gonna come and i invited a bunch of people hoping that you know a few show up and ended up that we had something like 18 dudes drifting down the henry's fork in idaho um for your bachelor party that's that's awesome yeah 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 it was it was really cool i mean like you know walking the sort of i don't know if you guys know about like the harriman ranch in idaho 
It's probably one of the only places in the States that's um, single dry fly only water. Oh, wow. And um, it's pretty rare, right? And, um, mm -hmm. but it's a remarkable sort of spring fed um, fishery and um, being out there just kind of chilling on the banks with a, you know, gnarly caddis hatch popping off while, you know, dudes kind of take turns popping into the river to go, you know, target some, some dry fly eaters. That's, that was a pretty cool one too. So I'd say, Henry's Fork, uh, Henry's Fork for, for the bachelor party was pretty nice. unreal. Nice. I mean, that's, I just caught the end of that, but that sounds like an amazing memory. Bachelor party <laughs> on Henry's Fork. Yeah, well, we've got if a bad, looks, yeah. start you planning yours, Mitch. Yeah. yeah. Mitch is engaged. Yeah. So we gotta, oh, nice. we gotta figure out yeah, a well, bachelor party. Yeah. Congrats in advance, Thanks, dude. Man. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. And then we were supposed to get married during co like 2020 and COVID hit. And now we're just one of those couples that's been engaged for, you know, yeah, it's like 10 know years in, those, we're still yeah. <laughs> I know a few of those. Like, <laughs> yeah, way she goes, you know. But Henry's mm -hmm. Fork, hey, Aldo, come on, Yelma, baby. That yeah, pretty some good. big Let's browns <laughs> over there. I've heard. Um, okay. It's cool, yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one, too, because it's like um, just like a dry fly fishery is just kind of fun for all the homies, right? Oh, just totally. Years oh, yeah. Totally. And is the, fishing, is the fishing there, like, would you say it's like, I don't want to say hard, but is it like if you haven't fly fished before and you go try to do some dry fly fishing there, like, will you catch some fish? Yeah, you, you're not, you ain't going to get them. No? No. Oh, no way, really? No, no, no. Like, it's it's like, so like, especially like on that section of that river, yeah. it's, you know, single dry fly only. You can't fish right. a wet fly, right? Okay. So, so it's like these fish get a PhD in humiliating you and they're really good. Like they're really good in the hatches are like, these bugs are the most tiny little micro nuance oh, man. sort yeah. of trichos and crazy things like that, that are like, you got to know a lot and you got to really be able to present. Right. You're talking like seven, seven like, like 14, 14 foot seven X liters right. that can have no drag on them whatsoever. Yeah that kind of thing so very technical yeah. wow okay shit i don't know that's amazing yeah it's it's good though it's like you know it's like um like playing a really hard golf course or something yeah, like that cool. right yeah. it's like it's a good it's a good test for yourself yeah. but you know you can go go project it for you know yeah. a few days by yourself or whatever and yeah. you'll get good in no time right 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 good to I know love that Maybe we don't do the, the bachelor party there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just go fish some bass or something, you know? No, but so that's just one section, totally, right? Totally. So the Harriman Ranch section is, is um, it's one section of that river that was donated to the, the state of Idaho by mm. the Harriman family um, in a trust. Yeah. And they gave it to the state as basically a, you can have this as long as you keep it recreational angling, single dry fly only. Okay. And that's what they did. And so that's why it's like the only section of probably any river in the United States mm -hmm. like that. But there's all these, there's the Madison, there's all kinds of other rivers around there and other sections of the Henry's Fork that are not that, which you can, you know, throw streamers, you can throw dry droppers, you can throw dry, dry and all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. And you definitely get them. Yeah. Okay. I dig that. I dig yeah. that. I mean, we got it. We so got to go check. Back to your yeah, we're going back. Yeah, I'm, back, I'm back in. I'm back in. Let's do it. Come on. Back in. We're back in. I love it. I love it. Okay. Number four is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Why do you do it? I think about that a lot. Um, and um, I, I'll be totally honest with you. I, I think I would be lying if I said that a part of it wasn't that it just kind of gets me away from screens. Yeah. Um, 
mm. you know, like I, I, these days, you know, um, I'm out, out on the river most mornings, um, kind of, you know, mostly solo or with a buddy. And it's like, you're just not sitting there doom scrolling. Right. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's kind of fosters sort of a, like a, you know, hope and possibility. It's a hard analog thing that I think is good for your character. But generally I just find that when I get back from whether I'm fishing the, you know, the river, right. You know, five minutes from my door or I'm out on a trip to, you know, Fernie or wherever it is. When I get back, I have a huge smile on my face that takes like days to erase. Yeah. And um, why I get that, I don't know, but I know that I get that. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's something that I can't get anywhere else. So it just mm -hmm. kind of keeps me coming back, whether I get them or not. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's the hunt. And I think, you know, safe to say that all four of us have like a inner hunter gather scratch that, yep. you know. Yeah you know, it's that needs scratching. And yeah. I think there's something there. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. You know, it's kind of indescribable. You do it because you like it and you like it because you like it, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And like, we've kind of evolved over like, you know, from cavemen or whatever to like being like, you know, we kind of yeah. have like this remnant of wanting to kind of go get outside and do things that are challenging to kind of gather and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's definitely some like inner primal thing that, mm -hmm. you know, some, some people have, some people don't, but you know, for, for those unfortunate souls like us who do, there's not too many places you can get it. Yeah. It's that. And I, sometimes I get a hankering for saber tooth tiger and I've never had saber tooth tiger, but I just really <laughs> want to eat it. You know, I don't know. You'll shake his head. It's, it's a stupid joke. <laughs> I'm more caveman than the rest of them. You know, I'm short and hairy and I'm kind of, you know, um, <laughs> I love it. No, it's totally, I totally agree uh, with that. Just over there eating raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a, hunted with a spear. Um, I love it. Number five of Mitch's Fishies Five is what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? And just before you answer that, I know I'm realizing we've asked you these five questions before when we did the little thing with you, but I'm really enjoying doing it again. And I want to see if your answers change. And I'm really curious to see what you say about the fly pattern because I, I know I remember what you said. Um, and it's totally cool if it does. It's not like, uh, whoa, what the hell, you know? <laughs> well, I'm in the same spot when we did this. <laughs> you got the same clutch of flies? I still have. I love it. There they are. Yeah, I love it. Flies all over. I love it. Um, I love it. They're everywhere. And they're, oh, man, they're just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but if you had to just, you know, like, even if they're not there, like, if there was a fly that, that yeah, represented you, no. you know, what would it be? Would not be the squidro. <laughs> would not be. <laughs> um, uh, man, maybe um, for this one, I'll go. Um, I'll go. I'll go. The Morish's mouse. Oh, um, cool. My 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 good buddy Ken Morish. His mouse pattern is um, is a really sweet one, and it's. Um, I would say I, the reason I like that is because it's like, you know, if you're out trout fishing, I don't know if you guys have ever done any kind of mousing or anything like that, but it's like, it's unlikely that it's going to really kind of all come together. Right. And I would rather kind of do something the hard way that's unlikely that's going to make for like a big crazy stoke moment when it does happen, than, um, then throw something that's a little bit more guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's also just a, 
kind of a really cool iconic pattern that's taken off over sort of Alaska, British Columbia and, yeah. you know, elsewhere. So, um, for that reason, I'll go with the old Morris's mouse. Yeah. It's a great pattern. Our buddy Gab yeah, loves that. Yeah. Loves yeah. that pattern. Now it's crazy. It works. It's crazy. It works on like everything from like, you know, cutties to freaking. I feel like coho or whatever. Oh, like man. it's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Now I think the fly you picked last time was a green butt skunk, right? I think that's what it was. Yeah. Pretty sure, right? So if you if you had to pick, because we, we we're gonna make a book one day where we put all these flies in there. I swear we're gonna do it. And if you had to pick between the mouse or the green butt skunk, which one would it be? You had to pick between those two flies to represent you. I go green butt skunk because <laughs> that's. Um, but I'm I'm partial to that because that's what my wife got her first steel head on. Oh, that's awesome! That's like nice. that. That's so cool. Good, cool. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah, great. That's okay, nice. that's. I mean, that's a great answer. Green butt skunk, great fly. Actually, after mm -hmm. we interviewed you, we interviewed uh, Matt Delvin, who did Denny's fly box, and um, he had the same answer. And we all our minds exploded. Like you were green butt skunk. He said green butt yeah. skunk, and Nick freaked <laughs> out. He's like. What? <laughs> it was amazing. No. <laughs> it was very cool because it was back to back. But anyways, um, Chase, man, that was that was a fantastic time chatting. I mean, now is now is a chance to if you if you want to plug yourself, you know, like, do you have anything you, you know anywhere you want to drive people or anything you want to have people check out? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at anadromous, um, or check out some work at chasewhite.com. Um, you can see our film Leap Year in F3T, uh, just wrapped right now. It'll still be running in the Wasatch Mountain Film Festival and probably a few others. Um, and I appreciate everybody listening along. Hopefully you learned a thing or two maybe, or just got a laugh out of, uh, the boys nice. thanks man thank you so much for coming on the show thanks chase um yeah thanks chase we're gonna try like maybe COVID aside we're trying to host uh, an f3t this summer here in ontario so people can Great. see your film yeah that'd be awesome well thanks you guys for having me i'm a huge fan of the podcast and uh hope to be back sometime awesome. soon right on thanks man all right wicked well we'll have to come out there and fish with you and joel absolutely please do i got hey I got, <laughs> you gotta meet joel drips with your name on yeah, it that sounds good to me man I've never been You're to right. BC, man. I yeah, to neither. Yeah, no way, I've been dude. everywhere but BC. Yeah, neither of these guys have. Yeah. Come on, East yeah. Coast, yeah. Quebec, yeah. Uh, always been Manitoba, a dream. Alberta, but out. yeah, never BC. Come on, we're gonna change that this year. I'm boys. just afraid I won't well, come. Thanks again, come man. Back. Oh, are we still? Sorry. I <laughs> 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 just keep cutting Yilma. <laughs> sorry, I was sorry, baby. Come on. I know me and you are gonna go out there, and we're not gonna come back. Yeah. Me and you are going to get a little place together and we're going to start a little Laverne and Shirley life, yeah. you know, fish and steel head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again. And um, until next time. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Bye, Chase. Chase is such a cool guy, man. Honestly, when we first met him on the recording, when we did the filmmaker interviews after T, I was like, I love this guy. And I love Leap Year is such a great film. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. You know, like there was, there was some, all the films after T were amazing this year. Um, but there's something about leap year that just appealed to my, um, well, Canadian you're aesthetic. Guy. You're my Canadian and steelhead aesthetic. I just love that. Uh, there, there is, they, they, they did a very good job with the filming and the post of that film because there's just beautiful color and there is a texture to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you watch the film, you feel the essence of steelheading and that is very cool that they accomplished that. Cause I think that's a, I think that's an accomplishment. 
Yeah. I mean, he talked about that a lot. He's good at, at bringing those nuances to the screen, you know, or photos. Like, he's like, he makes you feel the photo, you know? Honestly, Versus Chase's photography is, is insane. wild. It's, it's buck so wild. wild. And yeah. everybody check it out. It's the link to his photography in the show notes. Fantastic photographer. Chasewhite.com. Yeah. I love that's that's sort of um mm-hmm. I love the style. It's amazing. And it really does take you into that. And that photo of the divers, like that diver with the spear speared fish, I just love that photo. It's such a cool yeah. photo. And you get this a sense of very depth below them and yeah. Yeah. What are we gonna this say? This photos are very clean. You know what I mean? It's just super yeah. clean. Nothing added. That appeals to your aesthetic, you know, you're a very clean designer. I am a very clean designer. Yeah. I, lo- so, I just yeah. it's it's awesome seeing uh Pictures of Joe. I don't know. It's kind of funny that you know, like <laughs> this person's work to the, like the second picture, and there's just Joe with a redfish. I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> Joe. It's cool. It starts Small to make your world. world feel a little smaller, eh? When you see people that you've met, you know, across the world. Well, not across the world, but you know, pretty far from home. Um, and then they're popping up from new people that you've met that are talented anglers, and it's cool. It's just, things start to connect. It kind of reminds me of Monty when we had Monty Burke on the show, and he, and then we're like, when did you know the story was done being written? He's like. And I started to hear the same thing over and over again. We're starting to see overlap between people that we know, and that's cool. That's a cool, that's a cool feeling, you know. Yeah, I think you know, so. I think you yeah. know. Um, it's also cool to see somebody else's perspective the same place. Yes. You yeah, know, that's you're for like, sure. You're like you. I mean, it was interesting because I was shooting, Chloe was shooting, and Joel was shooting, and to get all those images back at the end of that trip, mm-hmm. um, and just see the way that. We all saw the trip through a different, you know, very uh, different. Eye, you know, like right. Chloe's photos are a lot different than my photos and Joel's photos or whatever. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm the amateur in this <laughs> scenario, but still, it was kind of, um, it was really cool to see the difference between how everybody saw that and then to see the same place through yet another person's mm-hmm. lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is, it's is funny, really, really cool. It starts to show you that. the difference in photography, yeah. right? Sorry, y'all. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say the same thing because when Aldo sent me all the photos, um, I knew, I didn't know which was which, but I can tell the difference between all of them. So I'm like, if, yes, as soon as Aldo totally. said, like, you know, this is my batch, I'm like, and then I added to it. I'm like, oh, that's Aldo took that, Aldo took that, Chloe took that, yeah. I just think it's interesting, like, people, I think it's an interesting thing, whether it's valuable mm-hmm. or not, to be like, oh, I can tell the difference between photos. It's interesting that, you know, you you can't, you really can. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like... uh it's it's it it does the craft does kind of come out and the, all that stuff we all talk about you know it is a truth it is a truth but I think um I think that's what uh, what makes photography so fun when you start yeah. to appreciate that you know that yeah. uh, and that's hard. why I really enjoyed that conversation about craft I thought that was a very cool thing to talk about because it's so true mm-hmm. yeah. you know I think that is something that people are maybe forgetting a little bit about with with the uh, you know with these like we say growing pains of um, accessibility and and um, consumerism and globalism and all that stuff. People are starting to forget. There's a there's an art form behind everything that we create. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's cool to just kind of respect that process mm-hmm. um, at, on your journey. You know, you want to if you're getting into it, just respect that journey. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Fellas. Yeah, no, I think I think that's. I think oh, that's all those cool. got something to say. <laughs> Sorry, no, just, <laughs> no, I think it's cool. It's 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 interesting though, in a way, like to to have that conversation and and, mm-hmm. and have that conversation about accessibility too, because it's like, well, maybe you can't afford, maybe you can't afford art school tuition, 
100%. But you can afford a camera, like as expensive as a camera is, it's yeah. still cheaper than four years at OCAD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so, you know, there is something to be said about people picking up a camera and learning that way. Oh, and, yeah. No, and no. Receive, I think... And receiving knowledge that way. But it's well, just, I think it's, it's uh, I think like I, maybe, yeah, like it's, it's also new, right? Like everything's just so new. Everything's, everything all of a sudden just became crazy affordable. And ev- all of a sudden everybody needed photos, you know, like how, how many businesses need, need content? Like you can't ever have enough content. Like we struggle to keep up and we, we fish, I would say a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's important that the takeaway of that conversation isn't you're not a photographer if you don't go to OCAD. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's I not what the, it, that's not what I was. That's not no, I know, I know, I know. But I think that it. I think that's an important thing to talk about. I think the conversation is, if you're a creator, and you know, surround yourself with inspiration. Just let yourself mm-hmm. fall into this world of whatever it is you're creating, and just be surrounded by inspiration. Whether that's going to movies, whether that's flipping through magazines, whether that's reading about photographers, or and and inevitably that trail will lead you down just spirals of like this person, that person, this picture, that picture, you know, moments in history. And it's like, it'll Mm, start to just kind of, it'll just encompass your being. And I think that that process inspires better uh, creative work. And I think you come out and make better stuff because you're a product of kind of just this, you know, um, process of just consuming and and feeling and understanding and then just kind of like letting it all out. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing. You can become a photographer with a, you know, a disposable camera from shoppers. But I think the point is you get to better, you become a better creative, so to speak, you know, it's such a kind of a pompous word in a way, but by surrounding yourself with inspiration and just being, uh, letting yourself just be inspired, you know, which I think is is totally cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, Chase says something that, uh, go back to Jessica's podcast, you know, these are two working photographers, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jessica's and Chase both said the same thing. Like, go, just go out and sh- like, you need to shoot. If you're going to shoot, you're shooting. You're not yeah, fishing or doing something totally else. Right. And they both said the same thing, you know, like, you know, do you want to, like, you want to be a fly fishing photographer, but you need to do other types of photography. Like Jessica was referencing, I think I remember her referencing, you know, a time in her life where she was doing a lot of weddings. And, and she's like, well, you know what? I learned a lot from that time. You know, exactly. I learned that, that was a good point. Like, yeah. like uh, you know, how many shoots are you on? in a day where you're a portrait photographer, a landscape photographer, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lifestyle photographer all in the same shoot. It doesn't really happen that often. So, you know, there's, there's, um, merit to any experience, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that, for sure. And ultimately yeah. I think that will make you a better photographer if you're shooting a bunch of, of different things. And then eventually, you know, you get into a scenario where you're shooting what you want to shoot. And, you know, obviously all we want to do is shoot fishing, but, it's fun to shoot other stuff too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, techni- technicality, technicality is important. There's something mm-hmm. to be said about authenticity, that that A word that we always throw around, you know, genuine, mm-hmm. honest, authentic work, you know, that uh, I think when we see a photo that you could just tell when a photo's almost an accident or it's something that's been captured uh, in a way that wasn't too thought about. It was just kind of a product of uh, the creative process, which I think is interesting, you know? You can yeah. tell. Yep. It's just, I mean, I th- and I think that's where the art form comes in, with anything, with anything. You'd be building cars, you yeah. know? <laughs> hey, but, you, uh, take you it out edit, the trash. You can edit this one out, Mitch, but... Um, well, I'm not going to because I don't like editing. 
Okay, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are you gonna keep? Are you gonna keep my? Oh, we're gonna great? keep. Oh my so god! So many mistakes. All your mistakes. I keep it all in. I, Especially when you call anytime, me fat. Anytime you're like, any, you know, anytime you're like, go back and edit this out. You know, that's me on like a like five days from now. I'm sitting, you know, eating pad thai, and I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. You know, I don't want to edit anything. Okay. Yo. Okay. okay. Well, I, I just wanted. I, I just wanted to add. Right now, right? So oh, I would love some pad thai, right? <laughs> Spring rolls, crispy little uh, Thai iced tea. Yelma, I, what do you want to say? I have to say, like, I, I don't know if this program is still on, but what they used to do. I think it's from this. There's a couple ad agencies in the state. They yeah. used to do a. Um, what do they do in high school again? When you, that program where you transfer kids, you switch the kids up. What's it called? I don't when know. you're in high school and you, and and you go to like you go Japan to like France or, ja- or something. Yeah, you go to France. Exchange, exchange, exchange program. Yeah, exchange they had program. an. Ex- they had a because of inspira- inspiration is so important to create and come up with new, interesting um, ideas or art direction or design. Agent, ad agencies, what they used to do. I don't know if they're still doing it because I, you know, was, you know, when the program hit, I was it was like ten years ago. But what they do is they would, you know, publicist New York would like bring somebody from publicist uh, Germany. You know what I mean? And switch the two yeah. so that they can get inspiration from that specific marketing. You know, uh, it's a good point, Emma. Yeah. So can we trade you for somebody from SoFly Europe? <laughs> yeah. SoFly Europe. I'll just bring Gab you know back. Gab come. Do you know I what I think though? I think that I think there is an important thing there, like the kind of if I can just add a little to try to wrap up my thoughts. Definitely. Um, it's it's this idea that the fun part of any creative thing mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. Everything's kind of creative in a way. The fun part of it is that process and that journey, right? It's not being famous or being paid or whatever the hell, you know, that part, that part doesn't matter. The part that's fun is the, is the creation process and being, letting yourself be inspired, getting up and being like today, I'm just going to be inspired and go and do that. And I think everybody forgets it in every single job they do because they get caught up in tasks and they get caught up and this is what I need. And they just forget like, what, what do I, what should I, what, what do I want? And Mm -hmm. I think that is an important thing. And I kind of feel like that's, without putting words in Chase's mouth, kind of he's talking about craft, like appreciate that process as opposed to being process. like, I bought a cannon and I want to be famous. Like, yeah. fuck, no, no, that's not, that's a bad intention, right? Yeah. Like, there's literally, I think a, there's truth to that. Yeah, absolutely. There's literally a class called design process. <laughs> you know what I Little mean? school boy over there. <laughs> eh, <you laughs> Sorry, know? I know it's been a while, but I. <laughs> Anyways, I know, I know. Yeah. But long, long story short, I think it was a great podcast and, um, uh, Chase, thanks again for coming on. Everybody check out Leap Year. A um, couple side things. Um, uh, one, would love for you guys, anyone listening that's interested, there was a drift out at the beginning of the show um, that was read by somebody, probably uh, Aldo's mom, because that's what we're going to try to do, Although We're going to try to get your mom to read that. Yeah, we've got to get my mom on. So that probably, you probably heard the ad. Maybe it was we probably did. Aldo's <laughs> mom, or maybe we did, or his sister. Um, we'd love for you to read the ad, the drift ad. So please, um, email info at sofi.ca. I'll send you the script. And you send me back a recording of you just reading the ad on your phone or whatever the heck it is, your computer, and we'll put it in the podcast. And you'll, you'll be in the podcast off the top reading the Drift ad, which would be so fun. Um, and I'll intro you and all the whole shebang. So, yeah, if, you, if you're if you interested, email info at sofly.ca. Um, make the subject line Drift ad or something. Or, hey, hey Mitchie, hey, <laughs> Yoma, whatever, whatever the heck you want it to be. And we'll uh, we'll put that, we'll, we'll send you the script, put that on the show. Um Apart from that, do we have any other news, Aldo? Um, 
No, I mean, I would I would say just 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 keep an eye out on our um, website and Instagram for any updates with the Save the West Credit River. Um, it's April seventh now when we're recording, but the fifteenth is when this comes out, so we'll have passed the comment period um, for people to submit comments to the uh, ministry about, of course, the <clears throat> uh, proposed wastewater treatment um, facility in Aaron. Um, that's going to dump effluence into the West Credit River, which, of course, would eradicate mm-hmm. the wild brookie population, which, of course, nobody wants, um, except for, I guess, the town of Aaron. Um, but, um, ooh, maybe that's my hate mail for that. But, um, uh, but yeah, just keep an eye out because there might be uh, other chances to sign petitions or um, submit comments. Um, and uh, that's really, I think that's all we got, aside from the fact that by the time our next ca- podcast airs, it'll be opener. Yay. Oh, well, well, not well I mean, like this comes oh, out yeah, the 15th. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like yeah, if this comes out the 15th and the very yes. next podcast will be May 1st and everyone will be fishing, baby. <laughs> I'm so losing fun. my mind. I've had one beer. <laughs> I've had four. I'm going to go have another one outside because it's beautiful out. And chart opener, yes. <laughs> <What the> fuck? <laughs> Absolutely. All that made yo, me laugh yo, when Chase yo, was all talking. All those headbanging. What's that? It also What's made that? me laugh when Chase was talking. I felt so rude. Um, but yeah, I know, I hope that everybody's been, um, you know, I've, I've, I've actually, st- I've done the same thing I do every year, but I swear to God that I'm going to tie flies all winter long and guess what? Didn't do it. So yeah. now here I am like trying to catch up. So Yoma will actually have some flies to fish with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and Yoma. me too, man. I haven't tied anything. I need your flies. <laughs> Yoma's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, everybody at home, thanks for listening so much. And I hope you have a fantastic trout opener next uh, week. Uh, Thank you, Chase, so much for coming to the show. That's it for me, Mitch Aldo. Bye, everybody. Yelma. Um, Bye, everyone. (laughs) I was going to say the doctor. Wow. Bye, everybody. It's like a thing now. It's like your thing, just fucking up the outro. I love it. See you later, everyone. Take care. (laughs) You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.